Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. We're just super uh, thrilled with what the Lord's doing in our church. Amen. And what, and what he's doing in your lives. I hear so many testimonies. I hear so many things that people tell me uh, about what God is doing in their lives. I think I said this a couple weeks ago. My favorite conversations always start with, hey, pastor, guess what? Uh, and and because usually that means God's doing something awesome and there's a testimony in your life. So we're thrilled that God is moving in your world and in your families. We, Brianne and I, we pray for you. We love you. We think about you all the time. Not a day goes by that we're not thinking about you. And uh, so we're just blessed to have you with us this morning. I want to give shout out. How many of you thought the worship was good today? Let's give Leslie and David a, a round of applause for what they do. And then I just want to celebrate everybody who's on a volunteer team, a legacy team that's working this morning. I believe Brianne and Willie and Meg were our greeters and uh, people that were coming in. We got Sean and Colin and Grant and Tim at the back. Uh, you know, everybody works so hard to make services a success on Sunday. And we, we want to say thank you because without you, we couldn't do it. So if you see one of those folks, give them a hug or a high five on your way out. Let them know they're doing a great job, okay? Amen. Let's uh, get ready to receive the word today. You can turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. I- I'm already having a blast and I haven't even got started yet. Uh, and I had such a good time preparing for this message this week. We're in the middle of a series that we started last week. And, you know, I, I intended for it to start out as a three-part series, a three-part message. I, I have a sneaking suspicion we're going to go longer than three parts, but that's okay. The Lord, is, the Lord is the boss. He's in charge, and I'm just going to do my best to follow him. Amen. How many of you would rather follow God than stick to your schedule? Yeah? Amen. Because how many of you have figured out that the Lord just knows more than you and me combined? Amen. He just knows more than all of us put together, and he is wise And uh, so we want to follow his leading this morning. Matthew chapter 16, we're continuing our series, which is titled, This Is Us, a discussion on Hope Church's core values. We started talking last week about the core values that define who we are as a church. And I want to continue in that discussion today. Uh, As you're turning or on your way to Matthew 16, let's make our confession of faith that we like to make together. You'll see it up on the screen. If you're watching at home, you'll see this on your screen as well. Let's declare this over ourselves today and just uh, expect God to do wonderful things. Let's read this together. Say, thank you, Father, that today the eyes of my heart see you, the ears of my heart hear you, my heart and mind perceive and understand your word and your will. Today I am growing in the things of God. We believe that you are growing and I am growing in the things of God. That's why we declare this and we say it over ourselves every single time on Sunday mornings. Let's pray over the word today. Father, we love you. We give you place in our hearts today. We give you reverence, the reverence that you deserve. God, we thank you that the Bible says the entrance of your word gives light. 
that it illuminates and it shines in the dark places of our hearts and our minds. It brings clarity into the confusion that life oftentimes gives us. So we thank you for your word this morning. We ask you to give us eyes to see and ears to hear it. Help us to learn something and see something in the scriptures that we've never seen before. Open up our understanding, illuminate to us our thinking so that we can grasp everything that we hear from your word this morning. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about your word. It's all about your glory and your presence. We're here for you today. And we ask you to speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen Amen. and amen. Continuing in our series, This Is Us, this is part two. Matthew chapter 16, we'll begin here. This is kind of our base verse for the discussion. Jesus is speaking here and he says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You remember that we made mention of this and reference to this last week. The Jesus... The key statement in this verse that I want us to zero in on is that Jesus is declaring and telling us he is building his church. How many of you know that when you come to church, you're not just coming to an isolated organization? You're not just coming to a club. You're not just coming to a group of people who are there for the sake of being together. No, there's lots of things like that. You could be, uh, you know, you could go to all kinds of clubs and groups and community groups and You know, I mean, you could start a group on anything these days, right? The water polo group or the, or, you know, whatever. We, we're, we get together with our friends and we hang out and talk about the nuances of French fries. I don't know. Like there's a lot of things you could get together about, but when we come to church and when we are part of a church, we're part of a organization that has its roots in eternity, that's founded and following the the head of the church, Jesus himself. We're not here for casual purposes. I love what my wife said this morning. How many of you like it when my wife just gets off on a tangent and preaches a little bit? Isn't that fun? Because she's got some good things to say. But I love, I love her heart, and I love the, the things that I hear coming out of her heart. She says, I don't, I don't, I'm not here to, just for comfort and convenience. I want to sense God's presence. I want to, I want to get, get with Jesus. I want, to, I want to be face-to-face with my Lord. I don't come to church just to sit and fill a pew and warm a seat. Amen? We're here to meet with God this morning. And God, Jesus himself, said he's building his church. And there's so much about that that we fail to understand sometimes. I was talking with Brother Keith last week about the following verse, which I don't have time to dig into it because I'll get lost in it. But Jesus says, I'm going to give to you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth is what will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is what will be loose in heaven. There is so much in store that's waiting for you and I to rise up in faith and go after. that. You know, God has provided, Jesus has provided so much more than you and I even know. He's made so much available to us, friends. Amen. So praise God. He's building his church, and we get to be a part of that process. Jesus is building his church in Boone, North Carolina. Part of how he is building is by creating in us as a church, creating in us a strong culture which is based on strong values. Remember the whole point of the series? I kind of got off on Matthew 16 there for a second, but the whole point of this discussion is to talk about our values. 
Last week, we started talking about value number one, which is God's word. We value God's word. Amen. God's word is the foundation of everything that we believe as Christians. And we talked last week about how important it is that we know the word that he spoke and also the word that he's speaking. You need to know what your Bible says and you need to know what God is saying to you out of what he's already said. Amen? It's important for us to to take this word and live in it and live by it and have our minds saturated by the word of God. And it's as we do that, we're going to find that not only has he spoken to us on the pages of scripture, but out of those pages, he's going to continue to speak to us. And the more developed and the more trained you can be with this word is the more you'll hear God in places throughout your life. Amen? Now, I don't have time to talk about that because that's what I spent last week talking about. So if you want to hear that, you can go check it out on our podcast. But today we want to talk about value number two, which is God's presence. You remember that there are five values that we embrace here as a church. Number one is we, we embrace God's word. We value God's word. Number two, we value God's presence. Number three, we value God's family. Number four, we value God's character. And number five, we value God's culture. Those are five things that we're going to continue to talk about in the coming weeks. But today we're dealing with God's presence. And I want to begin this portion of the, of the discussion by asking, what do we mean when we talk about God's presence? What do we mean? You hear people talk about the presence of the Lord. You hear people talk about, oh man, don't you remember that night we were all there praying and God's presence came in the room? Or do you remember that, that great worship service? Or do you remember this discussion? Or do you remember this moment in time? And boy, we really felt God's presence. We talk about God's presence often. But when we talk about it, what are we meaning? What are we talking about? Are we talking about a feeling? Are we talking about, you know, goosebumps? Or is it something more than that? Let's get um, really simple and elementary for a second. What does it mean for someone or something to be present? Because when we talk about the presence of God, we're talking about his presentness. We're talking about the fact that he is here. If I say that such and such is, you know, my wife is present today. Do you remember taking roll call in school? You know, Bueller, Bueller. Is little Johnny Johnson here? Here, present. So when we talk about something being present or someone being present, we're talking about in a moment in time and in a specific location that they are here. So then by that logic, when we talk about God's presence, we're saying that he's here right now, right? So let's ask ourselves this question then. I got some questions for us this morning. If if the word presence means to describe something that is here and now, doesn't the Bible teach us that God is, is everywhere, all the time, to the same degree. Doesn't the scripture teach us that? Yeah, what about what David said in Psalm 139? Listen to this. He says, where can I go 
from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take on the wings of the morning, and if I dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, everybody say, even there, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. You see, the Bible introduces for us a term that Bible professors and scholars call God's omnipresence. The fact that he is everywhere all the time to the same degree. In other words, God is just as much here now as he is in, you know, outer Mongolia right now. As much as he is in Argentina right now. And he will continue to be in all of those places all of the time to the same degree. He's not more here than he is in Brazil or on the planet Mars, for that matter. I mean, he fills everything with himself all the time. The Bible teaches us that God inhabits eternity, right? So he's without boundaries, and he's without limits. He is what we call omnipresence. So if he is everywhere all the time, to the same degree, then here's my next question. What's the use of trying to emphasize his presentness or his presence at any given moment or any location. What's the point of talking about the presence of God if he's everywhere all the time to the same degree? Right? As pastors, you've heard a pastor say this before. I've said it. Others have said it many times. We say things like, you know, praise God that he was here before we got to church and he'll be here after we get to church and he'll be here while we're here because God's omnipresent. So then what are we driving at when we talk about God's presence? Are we talking about his omnipresence or are we talking about something else? Because it, it may seem like there, when we talk about his omnipresence, like there's nothing special or particular or unusual about that. I mean, if you think about it, even the unbeliever gets, the, gets to unknowingly experience and benefit from the omnipresence of God. Even somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus gets to benefit from the fact that God's everywhere all the time. So when we talk about the Lord's presence, what are we driving at? Are we talking about his omnipresence? I don't think so. It would seem that his omnipresence is a part of everyday life and by and large for most people is unnoticeable. How many of you know a lot of people that have no concept of the fact that God is present with them all the time? I'm not saying that to try to reduce who God is. It's just that most people don't live with any kind of awareness of the presence of God. So then what does the Bible mean when it talks about the presence of the Lord filling his temple? What is the word referencing when Moses on the mountain of Sinai looks at God and says, show me your glory? What's he saying? What is he talking about? What did David mean? 
What did David, the writer of Psalms, the king, the greatest king in all of Israel's history, what did David mean in the Psalms when he said, cast me not away from your presence, O Lord? Y'all remember that? Psalm 54, 56? Restore in me, recreate in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit in me. Cast me not away from your presence. What was Isaiah seeing in Isaiah 6 when he says, I saw the Lord seated on the throne and the train of his robe filled the temple and the whole earth was full of his glory. What were they seeing? In other words, what are all these Bible characters getting excited about when they talk about the presence of the Lord? I don't believe it can be the fact that he is omnipresent because everybody gets to experience that. The simple answer is this. There is a difference between God's omnipresence and his manifested presence. For those taking notes, let me say that again, please. There is a difference between God's omnipresence and his manifested presence. The omnipresence, if you're taking notes, you can write this down as well. The omnipresence of God is simply the way that he chooses to exist. It's one beautiful thing about our God is that he chooses his own existence. He's the only being in history that can do that. I mean, you and I can choose things about our existence. I can dye my hair blonde and lose 40 pounds, but, you know, that's up to me. But I don't get to pick whether or not I'm going to be a human or a dolphin, right? I don't, get to, I don't get to determine my own existence. And I'm going to sidestep this convenient soapbox right now because there's a lot going on in our culture about people trying to determine their own existence. You don't get the right to do that. Only God does. He's the, only, he's the only uncreated one. When he saw Moses in the burning bush in the book of Exodus, Moses said, who shall I say has sent me? And God says, tell them I am that I am. Meaning, I create my own existence. I determine my own existence. So God's omnipresence is simply the way that he chooses or that he determined to exist. He decided that he was going to be everywhere all at the same time. The manifested presence of God, on the other hand, is when he chooses to reveal himself. The omnipresence of God is all the time, all everywhere, but his manifested presence is when, in a moment, he chooses to turn the light on and reveal that he was present all along. I like to think of it this way. His manifested presence is when he makes us aware of his omnipresence. You see? His manifested presence is when we all of a sudden begin to get a glimpse. There's a light bulb that goes off and we go, whoo, wait, whoa, wait a minute. God's here. Well, he wasn't any less here before. It's just that in this moment, he began to manifest himself. He began to show that he is, in fact, present. Why am I talking about this? It's because we as a church value the manifested presence of God. Because it's in the presence of God that things happen. Now, it's easy to lose sight of God when you only know him by his omnipresence. It's impossible to miss him 
when you get exposed to his manifested presence. It's easy to go day by day and lose sight of the fact that he's here all the time. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, right before he left the planet, right, before, right after he rose from the dead and he spent 40 days with the disciples and then he's getting ready to ascend to heaven and he gives them the great commission. And do you remember how he ends it? It's about verse 19 or so of Matthew chapter 28. He says, lo, I am with you always, even into the end of the age. So Jesus gave us this promise that God was perpetually going to be present with us. But I don't know about you, I want to go beyond just an awareness of his omnipresence. And I want to find opportunities to step into his manifested presence. Amen? His manifested presence is when he lets you in on the little secret that he's been there the whole time. His manifested, think of it this way, his manifested presence is when he announces himself. And here's the cool thing. When you start to study scripture and you start to see the patterns of how God manifests his presence, it's almost always in response to something that somebody is doing or saying. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit in the message because we're going to talk about how we access the manifested presence of God. But understand that God, very specific about how and when he manifests his glory. And when he manifests his presence. It's his manifested presence rather than his omnipresence that David is referring to in Psalm 1611 when he says, in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. It's one of my favorite verses in the whole of Psalms. Because it's a promise that God is making to us that in his presence, in his manifested presence, there is some kind of joy that you can't get anywhere else. In his presence is fullness of joy. Now, if you would turn to the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Claire, I'll take that bottle of water now, baby. My daughter's so sweet, she asked me before service started. Thank you, sweetie. She said, Daddy, do you want me to get an extra bottle of water for you just in case you need it? I said, yeah, baby, you do that. It's good to have good kids. Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13. I want you to watch what happens when God manifests his presence. It says, indeed, it came to pass... When the trumpeters and singers were as one. So how many of you see right there, unity is important in, in, in the presence of God manifesting. When the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, praise and worship band, hallelujah. And they praised the Lord saying, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. His faithful love endures forever. Watch what happens now. That the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. 
the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. I, I want to submit to you this morning because y'all know you've heard me talk about the fact that, that we live in what's called the new covenant. We live on, the, on this side of the cross. How many of you are happy to be on this side of the cross? Yeah? These guys in 2 Chronicles, they were way back in history. They were way on the other side of the cross. They lived under what we call the old covenant, the Mosaic covenant, the Abrahamic covenant. We live in the new covenant. We're on this side of the cross looking back. And so the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that we have a better covenant than what they had in the Old Testament. So here's what I want to suppose with you this morning, that if God could manifest and would manifest in that kind of glory under the old covenant, which is inferior compared to the new covenant, what can he do in your life? I mean, if his presence could be that good in the Old Testament, what in the world can happen in your living room? What in the world can happen when we all get together and lift up with one voice and one praise and one shout? Go, oh, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. What can happen? I'll tell you what can happen. Awesome, supernatural, amazing things can happen. I'm going to share a testimony with you about a supernatural miracle that took place in just a second. Watch what Acts says. The book of Acts chapter 3 verse 19 says this. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. Oh man. I mean, think about how good that must have sounded to those who were listening. This is, this is the Apostle Peter preaching in the temple in the book of Acts, chapter 3. They've just gone to the temple for the hour of prayer. Peter and John, on the way to the temple, they healed the lame man. You remember this? And he went walking and leaping and praising God. And now they're preaching in a place called Solomon's Porch, which was an area off to the side in the temple. And they're preaching to all these people. And Peter is inviting people who haven't yet met Jesus. And he says, listen, here's the deal, guys. Y'all repent and let your sins be blotted out so that times of refreshing can come into your life from the presence of the Lord. How many of you could use to be refreshed this morning? How many of you could use just a little bit of fresh, freshness in your life? Makes me think of that old Mentos commercial. They called it the Fresh Maker. You remember Mentos? Yeah, I got some Holy Ghost heavenly Mentos for you this morning. Times of refreshing can and should come from the presence of the Lord. We're not just here to check off a box and say we made it to church on Sunday. This is one step closer to heaven. Right? We're not just here to, to punch a card and fill some time. I'm here to get face to face with Jesus because I love him so much. Hallelujah. So, is the presence of the Lord a feeling? Is it a goosebump? Is it an emotion? No. Obviously, the presence of the Lord is not a feeling. It's not an emotion, but, but rest assured that when God's presence shows up, you can feel it. He, I mean, his presence is not going to be reduced to a feeling, but let me tell you what happens to your feelings when God's presence starts manifesting. 
man, you laugh, you cry, you weep, you stand, you shout, you bend, you, you kneel. You, some, sometimes the presence of the Lord gets so strong, all I want to do is lay on the floor before the Lord. Say, Father, I just want to bow before you because you're so good. It is. It is. It is. It's his presence, and it is so valuable. And we can't afford to, we can't afford to just mechanize our relationship with Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I'm all for discipline. I'm all for principles. Principles will keep you, you know, keep you safe. But how many of you know there's something about his tangible presence? When he manifests, that's where I want to be. Because that's where there's fullness of joy. Now at Hope Church... We value God's manifested presence. So I want to take the last little bit here and talk about how do we access the manifested presence of God. If that is, man, if, if that is what we desire, how do we get there? I want to share three ways or three points about accessing the manifested presence of God on a daily basis. These are true, these three things I'm going to share with you are true on an individual level. And they're true when we're gathered all together. Amen. And let me say this too. This is not an exhaustive list about how you get into the presence of God. There's more than three ways to skin a cat, right? <laughs> like one preacher used to say all the time, he'd say, one way, not the only way that God heals. One way, not the only way that God delivers. So one way, but not the only way that we get into the presence of God is by prayer. Number two is by worship. Number three is the moving of God's spirit. I'll explain what we mean by those in just a second. And remember, it's not an exhaustive list. For example, the Word of God is another way to access the presence of the Lord. You can, you can open your Bible and boom, God's presence can start to manifest in your you know, favorite easy chair. But since we talked about the Word last week and that's our first you know, core value, there's some things I intentionally left off this list, but I want to focus on these three things, prayer, worship, and the moving of God's Spirit. Number one, prayer. Look at Acts chapter 4. We'll go to a couple more scriptures before we close today. Acts chapter 4. Y'all doing all right so far? Is this stirring you up? Boy, this gets me pumped up. I'm telling you what. Acts chapter 4, verse 28. Oh, man. I love this. Acts chapter 4, verse 28. We're going to read down through verse 21. The disciples are praying here. Let me give you a little backdrop. Peter and John got arrested for preaching. And they got whipped and they got put in jail overnight. And then they got let out and they came home. And while they were in jail, everybody was praying for them. The whole church in Jerusalem was praying for them. And now they get home and they're having another prayer meeting. And Peter and John are in this prayer meeting. Verse 28, they say, do to, they're in the middle of the prayer here in verse 28. They're talking to God and they say, to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Watch this, verse 31. This is the payoff. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. 
and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. They got exactly what they asked Jesus for. Boldness. That, when's the last time y'all were at a prayer meeting where the building shook? <laughs> That's awesome. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. It has been a while. What's, what's the point, or why, why would I include this in our discussion? Here's the thing I learned a long time ago. We don't just pray to exercise the spiritual discipline of prayer. But our attitude, I believe, ought to be we pray till something happens. We pray till something happens. Prayer is not given at the old college try. Prayer is a dialogue with the Most High God. And so my prayer, I mean, I understand if you're going to work and you only got 10 minutes and you're talking to the Lord on the way there, that's fine. We're not trying to, you know, say that that's not acceptable. But my point is when you dedicate time to be with God, my encouragement is that you pray until something happens. Whether the room shakes or whether you just get the answer to the decision that you needed, pray until something happens. Because prayer invokes the manifested presence of God. Look at this over here in Acts chapter 10. This is amazing. Acts chapter 10 verse 9 is the story of Peter. He's out on a roof getting ready to be visited by a man named Cornelius. And Peter goes up on the roof, verse 9 of Acts chapter 10, says, The next day they went on their journey and drew near the city. Peter went up on the housetop to pray. So he's separated himself. He's gone away. for. And he says, I'm going to go be with God for a few minutes, right? Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. I love verse 10. Then he became very hungry. Sometimes when you pray, all of a sudden, there's all kinds of distractions that pop up. Oh, man, I... Got a sock drawer that I need to uh, organize. I can't believe that. Doggone it. I didn't pay my taxes from 20, 2012. You know, all of a sudden, everything just comes out of the woodwork, and you go, oh, man, I'm just, here I am trying to be alone with the Lord, and now I got 50,000 distractions. Yeah. Peter goes on the roof, starts to pray, and he gets hungry. <laughs> Verse 10. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened, and an object like a great sheet bound in the four corners descending to him, let down to the earth. There's all kinds of things that happen after that point, but this is what I wanted you to see. Notice that while Peter is praying, he begins to have a vision. We can see by these two examples, and there's lots of other ones in Scripture, Old and New Testament. We can see by these and other examples that prayer provokes the presence of God in our lives. How many of you know that's true from your own personal experience? You could say, man, there's been times when I was in prayer and all of a sudden I just felt like heaven was in the room. What is that? That's God announcing his presence. That's God manifesting himself to you. And that, my friends, is one of the most treasured things that you can have is the presence of God. The second thing, I'm getting ready to wind down here. The second thing is worship. How do we access the presence of the Lord? Through worship. I want to read you two more scriptures. The first one comes from the book of Psalms. And it's Psalm 22, verse 3. This is so good. Psalm 22, 3. 
Verse, actually, let's start reading verse 2. How about that? Verse 2 says, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear, and in the night season, and I am not silent. There's sometimes when life pushes against you, and the worst thing you can do in those moments is to be silent. There's sometimes when life gets really hard and when moments where you feel like you're under attack, and I want to encourage you, those are not the moments to lay down and take it. Those are the moments to stand up by faith and say, I'm going to cry out to God because I'm in a moment of pain. I'm in a moment of need. I'm in a moment of sorrow. I'm going to lift my voice and worship God even though there's chaos going on all around me. And watch what happens in verse 3. But you, O Lord, are holy, enthroned, in the praises of Israel. You, O Lord, are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. God loves to inhabit the praises of his people. When you worship him, he gets involved. When you worship him, you begin to experience his presence. Why do we have worship at the beginning of our church services on Sunday? It's so that we can bear our hearts to God together and begin to sense his presence. Because you remember, it's in the presence of the Lord, the manifested presence of God, that there is fullness of joy. Amen? We won't go there for the sake of time, but you remember, we read just a little bit ago, 2 Chronicles 5, where they dedicated the temple and the glory of the Lord filled the house. The priest couldn't stand to minister. What, what was the thing that happened just before the cloud came in the room? The whole assembly lifted up their voices in worship. And they declared the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And whew, the cloud of God's presence just showed up. Now, was God there before they started singing? You better believe it. But there was something special about when they began to worship and their worship, it's, like it all, it's almost like it touched the heart of God. It's like, it's like this worship was so sweet that it, that it provoked the Lord. And he said, ooh, oh man, I gotta show up. I gotta show up. I gotta let them know that I'm there. The Bible talks about our prayer and our worship coming up before the Lord as a sweet-smelling fragrance, an aroma that is pleasing to God. When you lift up your voice and you make a joyful noise to God, listen, there's, there's a reason we ask you to get involved when we worship. There's a reason we say, hey, lift your hands and hey, sing. Let's sing this song together. It's not because we want to make you feel uncomfortable. It's really not. Because I understand, especially if you're new to a church or you maybe don't know the person next to you, you don't necessarily want to belt out, you know, a song standing next to a stranger. I get it. But there's, there's purpose behind it. There's a reason for it. It's that when you, when you open your heart to God and when you begin to cry out and worship, it goes before the Lord as a sweet fragrance, as an aroma to him that literally provokes him. And he goes, oh man, I'm going to manifest my presence to these people. And that's when things start to change. The last thing, and I close with this, we talked about the moving of God's spirit. What do I mean by that? Simply this, that when God's presence manifests in a church service, in a small group, in a Bible study, prayer meeting, wherever, your car, when it's just you and Jesus on the interstate at three in the morning and you're just singing out. For those of you who 
drive in the middle of the night. I don't know. The Holy Spirit in that moment begins to go to work in people's lives. The Holy Spirit begins to move on people's hearts. It's the moment that we absolutely live for in the church, I tell you what. It's the moment we get so excited about that when we lift our voices together in praise and adoration to God, that something profound happens, and that is that the Holy Spirit begins to go to work in people's hearts. He begins to move on people's minds. He begins to move in their bodies. That's when people get healed and people get their stuff sorted out, when relationships start to get fixed and all kinds of things that God initiates in his presence. And sometimes those things need to be walked out. And sometimes it's not just a, you know, snap fix. You know, God's going to just, you know, fix your broken marriage in like three seconds of worshiping him. No, there's probably going to be something more to that. But let me tell you, it starts in his presence. It starts when his spirit is moving. When the presence of God comes into a place, the Holy Spirit literally goes to work. Throughout the scriptures, when the presence of the Lord shows up, is when supernatural things begin to happen. It's when God most often demonstrates his power. You go read about it all through scripture. And it's something we desire here at Hope Church. It's what our nights of hope and healing are all about. It's part of the reason that we started to do those was just, well, it was because God told us to, number one. But the purpose behind it is to see people Many, for the first time ever, get to come into the presence of the Lord in a way that they've never experienced before. And what's amazing to me is how radically God transforms people's lives in those services. It's incredible. We have so many testimonies from people who came to say, hey, we didn't know about your church. We came to church. We came to a hope and healing meeting. We never left. Right? Oh, we came, we came and we got so connected with what the Lord was doing. God actually moved on our hearts and it touched us in a unique way. That's the presence of the Lord that we're hungry for because that's what changes lives. I'm gonna, share, I'm gonna close with this uh, testimony and then Leslie's gonna come back up. We're gonna, just gonna sing and we're gonna close, close the service today with song and with worship, okay? But let me tell you this. Many of you know my friend, the minister, Reverend Jim Hockaday. Yeah. Uh, and Jim, Jimmy is such a, such a great man of God. And, um. We're going to have him back this year, by the way. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, some of you, many of you were here the last couple times that he's been with us, and you've seen some just amazing miracles. Just God does some amazing things. But I was listening to a message of his, just kind of out of the blue. I was like, I, I haven't listened to Jimmy in a while. I've been thinking about him a lot. I'm like, I need to call him. I'm like, I'm going to go see what, what's new on YouTube from old Jimmy. So I pulled up this sermon and this is just from a couple weeks ago. And he's preaching, and he just starts the whole message. He's, he's such a relaxed guy. If you've, known, if you've been around him, he just kind of gets up and talks. He's not very formal. He's just pretty relaxed. And He just got up, and he just started telling this story. He said, I was in such and such a church recently. And he said, I, he said, I have pictures to prove this, which I always think is a great way to start a testimony. And he said, I prayed for a little boy with Down syndrome. And he said, we laid hands on him, and he got completely healed. And he said, when we were done praying for him, he looked different. 
his face changed. He said, when he came up for prayer, he looked like a child with Down syndrome. When we got done praying for him, he looked like his mom. He said, they took him to the doctor. Everything's fine. Completely and totally healed. They sent him back to school. That's what happens when God manifests his presence. You see, guys, we quote scriptures like nothing is impossible, but I wonder if we actually believe that nothing is impossible. I want us to close with worship today, and here's what I want us to ask the Holy Spirit to do. Just say, Lord, just, just work on me. I don't care about anybody else in this room for the next five minutes. Lord, I just want you to work on me for a second. Leslie, would you come? We're going we're gonna to close with this song. We're going to sing it. We sang it in worship, the anthem. I want you to just stand up to your feet. Give us just a second to get settled here. We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. If you would like to visit our church, check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.